better than not doing it. But life was easy, the jungle was beautiful, the hunt plentiful, the tribe warm and tolerant, and the field notes forgotten. Consequently, I now had nothing save a few spare clothes, a return airline ticket to New York, and $400 in traveler's checks that I'd left in storage at the Suizo. All I brought out of the jungle was my bow, a few arrows, and about half a trunk full of roots and vines. I had friends in Bogota, and after a week's worth of late-night dinners and a last-night party which featured the host and an assistant minister of finance falling off the balcony into a painful but thankfully thick arrangement of rose bushes while excitedly debating a point of honor, I was exhausted. They escorted me to the airport in a three-car caravan, and in the blur of loud goodbyes, the assistant minister helped bribe a suddenly alarmed customs official not to open my package of roots and vines. It's unlikely that anyone would have guessed what they were— but the package contained mainly Banisteriopsis copy. The Wantayo were skilled practitioners in the preparation, consumption, and use of ayahuasca, a powerful drug which accounted in no small part for the lackadaisical attitude I'd taken regarding my fieldwork among them. I also passed into the States undisturbed, casually allowing a flashy, beribboned, to whom it may concern letter of introduction from the American embassy to fall from my pocket at the right moment. I called a real estate agent I knew from the airport, took a short sublet in the village, and three days later summoned up the nerve to arrange an appointment with my faculty advisor. I rode the 6th Avenue line uptown to Columbia, the university, not the country, and made my way to Siegler Hall, where the anthropology offices were housed. Professor Templewood and I had shared many laughs and many lunches. He was one of those men who could always pull off wearing a beard as large as his head, and now, a short way to retirement after a long career— The current edition was almost completely gray. I'd briefed him earlier on the phone and tried to read him as I took my seat. Though we liked each other, there was no denying that he was professor, I student, and there are limits to these things. He heard the details of my story with what I took to be remarkably good humor, put his feet up on the desk and folded his hands over his stomach. You're pretty well screwed. Is that your professional assessment, or just an off-the-top-of-your-head amusing observation? Well, you know, nothing's changed for you here, but that's the point, isn't it? You should have a trunkload of notes, observations, and pithy insights, instead of a trunkload of weeds. Then you'd just hole up for a few months, get the Ph.D. But now you're right back where you started from with the singular yet important separation that you've blown your grant money, and you're unlikely to get more on the strength of your newfound archery skills. Yes, this is all true, but can you fix it? Professor Templewood stared me down for several weighted moments, and I took it because that's what the folie adieu we were in called for. A respected author and once-great explorer of tropical wasteland and frozen tundra, Templewood now seldom ventured farther than the Trattoria Celestino on West 10th Street. But he was still a force to be reckoned with in academia, and it was with considerable relief that I watched him swing his feet onto the floor and heard him say, "'Get the bottle.' Templewood always kept a bottle of something in the closet. Today it was a mostly full fifth of a limited reserve handcrafted bourbon from Breckenridge Hills, Kentucky. I rinsed a couple of glasses, poured us each a small measure, and watched him think. He silently scanned the room, the artifacts, old maps and photos, scarcely taking notice of me. Breathing deeply, considering his watch, the telephone, some books, his pants leg, I took this all as a good sign because I'd seen it all before. Professor Templewood had eased my way many times in the past, I being one of the lazier, all right, possibly the laziest graduate student in his charge, 
Through force of time and association, he'd by now taken an almost avuncular interest in my affairs. Tell me about the weeds. They're vines, mainly, Banisteriopsis. Yage. Ayahuasca, yes, you already said, and... I'm not sure about the other. It's a root. They boil them up together, use the potion recreationally. Hence your undoing. It's not a supernatural gateway? Sure, but mainly for the shaman. Sometimes everybody. They also take about half a cup before an important hunt. It helps focus your powers of concentration. Works great. Psychotria vidris, maybe. Virola elongata. Think you could get a paper out of that? If I was in the chemistry department. No, anything I could write would just be anecdotal. Hmm. He took a long, meditative sip. What's the bow like? Beautiful. About six feet long. Pakiuba wood. Deep patina.